Hello and welcome to episode number 86 of the Hobbies and Happiness podcast, where we talk all about the hobby that makes us happy, tabletop gaming. I'm one of your hosts, Dan. And I'm Jim. And today we're talking with the human of magic, James Sue. I was wondering where you were going with that. As he says, human of magic, I'm like, that's, that's, that's not it. That's not the thing. But I'm like, oh, okay. It makes sense. <laughs> he is a human of magic. A human of magic. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, bef- before we get into it, let's talk about our sponsor real quick, Amazon Audible. If you head over to our affiliate link, www.audibletrial.com forward slash happiness and happiness, you can sign up for your free, a, a free 30-day trial of Amazon's Audible service. Um, what's Amazon Audible, you ask? It's Amazon's audiobook service. Well, if you if you follow that link, you can sign up. You get a free audiobook added to your account. That's right. A free audiobook of any book that's on the service added directly to your account. What's even better, if you're an Amazon Prime member, you get two. Two free books added to your account. And if you don't like the service, you can cancel before the end of that 30 days. Get to keep those books on your account. Do yourself a favor. Head over to our affiliate link. Sign up. Get your free books right now added to your account. And that way you can just get a free audiobook and listen to listen to that book on your commute. Um, yeah. So again, head over to that affiliate link, audibletrial.com forward slash hobbies and happiness. All right. Today, this, this was, uh, this was an episode guys. This is a, this I'm, I'm going to warn you now. This episode is very different from all of our other episodes. Yes. Uh, very, very different. Um, so James is a fellow content creator, um, a fellow interviewer. <laughs> um, if you've never checked out his stuff, head over to Humans of Magic. And he interviews a lot of people inside the Magic the Gathering community. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, just gets to know him and just has mm-hmm. great conversations. Um, so uh, go check out all of his stuff, okay? Um, he has conversations about Magic without having a conversation <laughs> about Magic. Right, it's it's all about the people behind mm-hmm. the game, Magic Gathering, and not even necessarily the people behind the game, but just anybody who's involved with the game. Any humans in Magic? <laughs> if you're a human and you play Magic <laughs> on some sort of level, he may want to have a conversation <laughs> with you. Potentially. So, um, yeah, this we 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 talked about a lot of different stuff today, mm-hmm. um, and honestly, this is probably one of the best conversations that we've had. Um, uh, yeah, it, 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 I personally wasn't ready for where this was going. I n- d- neither was I, mm-hmm. I was not ready either. And, yep. uh, you know what? Let's just, let's, let's get, <laughs> let's just get right into it. Enjoy. Right, here you go. All right. Joining us today on the podcast is James Sue of Humans of Magic. James is an entrepreneur, author, and like we said, host of the podcast, Humans of Magic. James, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome. Well, um, before we get into it, if you could, um, would you be, could you tell us and our audience kind of a little bit about you, um, your backstory, specifically kind of in the uh, tabletop and magic space, since you know a, a lot of your content here is specifically focused kind of on magic, and then kind of what Humans of Magic uh, that podcast is all about for our for our audience who is unfamiliar. Yeah, so a little bit about me. Uh, I'm a Magic player. I grew up in Canada, uh, now live in mainland China. Uh, I work in tech. I've been an entrepreneur for the last couple of years. I built a Magic-related startup a few years back called Cardboard Live. 
And I've been doing Humans and Magic as just a fun hobby project. And just, I guess that's, that's a little bit about myself. I decided to get a little bit more serious about Humans and Magic about a year ago. And uh, that's where I am now. Awesome. So kind of before we even talk about Humans of Magic, um, guys, you know, if, if you guys are listening, I really encourage you go check out um, the Humans of Magic Twitter. James has a lot of really great tweet threads um, on kind of all the stuff that he's learned in doing that podcast interviewing. Um, there, there's kind of there's kind of one in particular. Um, and I, I, I'm going to make sure that we kind of link this tweet thread in the description here. Um, but since you've started doing this podcast, right? One thing that you mentioned here, um, your, has your mentality, uh, just, I just want to have a good convo and learn from others. Has that shifted or changed at all since you started doing humans of magic? Yeah, I would say that having a good convo is where I'm at now. And it definitely wasn't where I was when I started a few years back, a few years mm -hmm. back, humans of magic, the way I started, it was just like, Hey, I want to check off my bucket list. I want to be able to have interesting conversations or just be able to talk to people, certain people, period, in the magic community. There's a lot of people in the community that I admire, I look up to, or I just want to learn more about them in some way. And that's kind of how I started. So when I started a few years back, it was a lot more mechanical. I was very much like, okay, I have 10 questions, yeah. 15 questions. Let's just <laughs> go through them, you know, and... Over time, I actually realized by studying myself and also studying other people who do it, that that's not really the way, right? Because it's not, mm -hmm. it's not the best way to actually unlock getting people to tell you stuff, honestly. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, if, if it's very much by the book and here's 10 questions, it's, I just really felt like when I said wanted to get a little bit more serious about a, a year ago, I wanted to really challenge myself to see how can I actually unlock more of people's mindset and their backgrounds and all of that stuff? And so it's, it's been kind of a, kind of an evolution. And the way I do things mm -hmm. is I always want to challenge myself or try to do things slightly differently the next time around so that mm -hmm. it's more enjoyable. So that, that's kind of where mm -hmm. I'm at right now. All right. So uh, I, I, I was talking to Jim offline here a little bit. And I was like, this is, this is going to, I'm really excited for this talk and this conversation because I feel like what you're doing with Humans of Magic is super similar to kind of what we're doing on our podcast, right? And I've been saying for months, I'm like, we just want to have good conversations and learn from all these people who've been in the space and honestly just gush and have a lot of fun in this space that we are, that we all find ourselves, Right. And so, like, the, I, I've just been excited for, for this conversation, really just to talk to kind of a peer, right, somebody who's doing something very similar. So I got to ask you, interviewer to interviewer, okay, what's your biggest piece of advice, huh, on, 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 getting, on getting these quality conversations from these really awesome people? Oh, man, putting me on the spot. <laughs> I'm usually on the other side. But yeah, I would right? say, I would say the, the number one advice I would have for anybody, whether you're just getting started right now, literally recording your first podcast, or it's been a, a, a few tens or hundreds of episodes is just give the guest room to say what they want to say. Just try to listen more and interject less. And it's easier said than done because I am still often guilty of this 
quite a bit. Like there's some stuff that I listen back to, even recent episodes, and I'm just like, oh, I shouldn't have done that, right? I, I think I think it, I think it's also okay. Maybe the more advanced answer is like you have to also tailor it to where the conversation is going and the personality and style of the guest. But generally speaking, I would say just try to let the silence do the work and try to let the guests give them a chance to express themselves instead of making it about 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 you, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you 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 wrote about that. Um, I th- I think you tweeted about that a little bit in that thread that I mentioned earlier, guys. So you go go check it out. And as I'm going through all this, I'm like, man, this is actually some really good advice. Because I mean, for for me personally, I've been you know I, I I do a lot of editing for our episodes, and there's just been I'm like, Dan, why did you just stop talking and let them talk, man? I I I have I do have a bad habit of kind of interjecting, and that's something that I know Jim and I we've actually talked about a little bit. Is like I know for me personally, I've just been trying to learn to, you know, talk less, listen more, talk less, and let the guest speak. Uh, so hundred hundred percent. Um, real real so, quick, I just wanted to throw in. Uh, yes. So yes, Jim. Dan had, like he was just saying, has a problem of maybe stepping in a little too much. I have the problem of sitting really far back and just letting <laughs> everyone else you know, talk, do their thing. And, uh, and so for me, I need to actually, uh, start talking more and putting in a little bit, uh, because there was a few times when we were doing a podcast and I was like, huh, I wonder if I could sit here and say absolutely nothing (laughs) while Dan just (laughs) talks to these other, this other person. And, but I I was just like, all right, I can't do that. I'm not even going to test those waters. And Dan, (laughs) there have been times at the start, Dan was like, Hey, um, yeah, I'm going to need you to just like, tell me to shut up sometimes. (laughs) And just, you just start talking. If you start to interrupt me, I will just stop talking. So, and, and ever since then, I'm like, okay, good idea. I'm going to have to start doing that. <laughs> well, I would say that you guys have a good thing down, right? Just from watching a couple of your your episodes together. And and I would say that, you know, what I'm doing is one-on-one. You guys are doing two-on-one or, or something to that effect. You guys mm-hmm. are an order of magnitude harder because it's not only about the one-on-one thing, but it's it's the, the interplay between the two hosts. And that is so difficult so i think in a way it's actually good that you guys are opposites because if both people are super talkative if both people are like jim then mm-hmm. that's actually <laughs> arguably harder you know so <laughs> jim can you imagine <laughs> if there are two, we, two gyms, we would just sit right? here <laughs> just, just, just be like, like the guest no. monologue that's cool too yeah. tell us about yourself <laughs> that's literally what it would be like yeah and then, like, I look at the both. other you person. Need, you need both, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. What, do you want yeah. to add anything? No. Okay. <laughs> um. Um, <laughs> all right. So, 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 James, one thing that uh, that I've, I've I've kind of been asking this question a lot, and but kind of what made you want to talk to all these people? You know, what made Humans of Magic a passion project for you? I think in the beginning, I. Okay, this is kind of a long story. So I do play quite a quite a lot of magic, at least in the past. And I actually wrote a book and a series of blogs that became a book about my experiences playing magic. And I did that for a little bit of time. And after I wrote that book 
and it was all about myself <laughs> because I'm egotistical. I want to write about myself <laughs> and my challenges. And I mean, I thought I could help people by writing the book because there's some generalizable things, but mostly it was writing about myself. I mean, in reality. Mm-hmm. And then basically a friend of mine, Julian, a really good friend of mine just said, Hey, what, you know, what's going to be your next project? He asked me. And I, and I just decided I was just so sick and tired of writing about myself or I wanted to focus turn the attention on other people. Mm-hmm. And that's basically how Humans and Magic started. It was part bucket list. As I said, I wanted to really talk to people in the community whom I really admire, mm-hmm. but also just just wanting to tell other people's stories. And I've always been a fan of, of that, right, as a mm-hmm. consumer of content. And I just felt like it was a little bit underexplored in the Magic community, where Magic community is really a, a lot about gameplay. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, a few years back, it was really more about competitive strategy now it's a little bit different but Mm -hmm. it's still mostly about the game itself and i kind of wanted to see if i could do things my way essentially so 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 my next question i don't know if you can if you can dive into that a little bit more but you know i was going to ask like why magic like why choose the topic of magic the gathering as a catalyst for these conversations was it more so like you like you just talked about there not being enough of that in the space and it just be too heavily focused on strategy and gameplay and we didn't really see anything else in that topic or 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 was there maybe a little bit more to that yeah i think it's it's definitely that's part of it the other part is just i've been in the magic community. And so I, I, ha- I had some connections to some of these players and personalities. So it was easier to, uh, to, to get up and running that way. Mm-hmm. And I thought that people would be interested in listening to the personal side of things. Now, having said all that, I have thought really hard over the, especially over the past year of thinking, you know, could I branch out from here? Right. Could I, could I interview more people from all walks of life, not just people that happen to, play magic because where the show is at right now it's the most unmagic magic <laughs> podcast there is that's almost like the yeah. unofficial title of humans yeah. of magic yeah it's just i i always tell my guests like if we have a if we have a recording and we talk about magic most of the time this recording will be an abject failure like mm-hmm. i i do not want to just be all about magic like there's other uh podcasts there's other channels there's articles there's lots of things for that Mm -hmm. so it's really about expressing your personal side right like Mm -hmm. i had a i had a an episode recently with um jesse robkin that i was incredibly proud with proud Mm -hmm. of because we did not talk about magic we talked about her um her transition right gender Mm -hmm. transition we talked about uh the short film that she was making we talked about just everything but magic like her basically her her passion as a storyteller as a as a playwright and now as a filmmaker, like magic is really just the excuse to get in the door. But I really believe that, mm-hmm. uh, and this is very counterintuitive to what we're kind of trained to to do as content creators, right? Kind of as content creators, we're kind of taught that you should do one thing. You should yeah. you should have one um, go to, right? I, I, maybe it's the 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 Disney card game maybe it's the uh, maybe it's something else right um, <laughs> but you're supposed to have like one gear right, right. you should be known as the X uh, yeah. the person for X whatever that is mm-hmm. um, and I'm just not about that I I've just I've just decided I'd rather grow much more slowly doing these interviews that I actually enjoy mm-hmm. and they're little honestly they're a little bit more meandering because we're not just like here to play commander we're not here to just talk about <clears throat> one thing right but you know, that's I've, I've decided I've sort of made peace with 
that's how I want to do it. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's it's like you said, ma- magic is like that foot in the door. It is that reason why I'm starting this conversation with you. But the conversation I want to have is not about magic. It's just more about you and learning more about you. You know, like 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 we talked about. I think we talked a little bit about before the call, right? Is <clears throat> it, it's about that connection, right? And it's 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 really the gathering side, right? It's it's called Magic the Gathering, and I feel like a lot of a lot of the content, a lot of content specifically in the space is really geared toward magic. Rightfully so, right? Like it's it's the game. But I honestly really wonder if the name Magic the Gathering, right? If that the gathering side was added because of that social benefit, right? Um, I, it's something I would love to talk to Richard Garfield and all those who were in that room at the beginning and figure out what was the reason we're going to call it magic, the gathering. Right. Um, but like the gathering side has been huge. Like it's been talked about so much within the past couple of years. And like, I'm, I like that because like, we're all about tabletop. And the reason we've said this so many times, the reason we love getting around this table isn't to play a game. Like, yes, that's why we kind of do it, but it's it's the connections that we're making across the table from one another and these bonds and these relationships that we continue to form. That, I think, is what is going to be like at the highest. Th- that's that's what the priority is. Right now. Speaking of that, let's talk about magic. <laughs> on that um, note. Do it. Yeah, on that note. Um, now. How, because you've talked about you've you've played Magic for a while, right? But how how or why did you start playing Magic? I started in third edition, revised oh. with wow. my my brother. You know, we found the the two player set. This was, I guess, this was like mid nineties. We we found that, got our parents to buy it for us, and um, that's how we started. Mm-hmm. We my brother and I just played super casually. We didn't go to F and M's or whatever it was called at the time. We just played at home. We play for Annie. Like uh, oh, if anyone man. remembers that, oh, <laughs> I just yeah. listened back to the um, uh, what was the uh, the ABU uh, uh, the resleevables where they talked about Annie, and it just brought a lot of memories back. Uh-huh. So my brother and I used to play, you know, win each other's cards back and forth. Okay, um, that's kind of how I that's kind of how I started. My brother drifted out of the game eventually, as did I. I, mm-hmm. I basically went to college. Uh, this was back in Canada and just stop magic because, um, you know, I just thought magic was not a cool thing. And, uh, it, you know, <laughs> other, other priorities didn't have that much disposable income. Mm-hmm. And so I think I stopped buying packs and playing magic. It was around, I want to say like Mirage or visions some, okay. sometime around there. Uh-huh. And then long time, a long time passes. And then I come back in, I think 2007 or 2008, and uh, and that's when I actually found competitive magic, and uh, I've been playing magic since then. Okay, now for <clears throat> for all of our guests who have some experience with 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 magic as a game, uh, there's a question that Jim likes to throw at everybody, and apparently, according to Jim, there's a right answer. So, Jim, go ahead. Take <laughs> there's a right answer. All right, that, all right. It was just a really good answer that we got. Okay. <laughs> It was just the correct one at the time. So, all right, depending on your answer to this question, okay, it's going to set the tone for the rest of the conversation. 
for you in Jim's mind as as a magic player. What is your favorite either single color or color combination to play? Oh, there's no doubt it's black for me. I'm okay. a black mage okay. through and through. Nice. Now, wh- wh- why is that? That's a great answer. I love black, but I'm curious as to why. Because you were like, you were like right there. You were like right on it. There's got to be a reason. <laughs> I think that's just the color I gravitated to when I first started playing the 90s. I mm-hmm. really love the Sangir Vampire, Drudge Skeletons, Will the Wisp. I really love some of those classic mm-hmm. spells. Uh, Unholy Strength with the pentagram still on it, I guess. <laughs> um, so, oh, man. I I just really love the the whole idea of um and one of my favorite cards is is, is uh, you know dark confidant because greatness mm-hmm. at any cost right black in magic is all about sacrificing the long term for the short term it's mm-hmm. really about corrupting yourself to to reach that next level mm-hmm. and I always loved decks like suicide black and just just like it's fine if I go down to five life because my um, because back then my over over overpowered creature that was like one mana for a two two like like deal one damage to me on my upkeep, but I would kill you faster. So mm-hmm. um, I just really love that kind of sacrifice for I mean demonic tutor like lots of staple cards right mm-hmm. uh, demonic consultation like I just love that idea of like you know you're just like killing yourself to for power right and that's not that's definitely not, not how i am in real life but <laughs> but um it, it's just something about know. that fantasy aspect of it right sure. uh i'm definitely not a burn on my bridges in real life person but <laughs> I, I just really love that that flavor of like being a, a, a black or mono black mage so okay very cool life's a resource until it hits zero am i right yep. yeah. It, yeah it so it was actually funny um i was playing arena the other day Actually, I, I think this was on stream last night, actually. Um, it, maybe not. I can't remember. But um, I was down to three life, and there was no way I was going to win. There's no way I was going to win. And I tutored up. I was trying to I was trying to find an answer. So I had Grim Tutor um, at, three, <laughs> at three life. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to go out. I'm going to go out the way I want to go out. And so I cast Grim Tutor, found, found the answer. I found my board wipe. But then I died because I had to pay the three life. <laughs> so that, that's always that's always fun. Um, yeah, yeah. If if I if I can't win, you can't. I mean, if, if I, I yeah, I mean that's 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 the that's the best way to go. I can't right? win. Can't you're not going to kill me. Either. Yep, yep. I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of killing you. I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> so, um, all right. So 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 back to humans of magic. Okay. Um, ever since I found out about the project, my mind immediately went to Humans of New York. Okay. For those of you who aren't familiar, uh, Humans of New York is a photo project by Brandon Stanton. Um, started out just taking pictures of people on the streets of New York, post them to his blog. Um, and I think, I think I said it was back in 2010 and it is now, I think he's amassed like 17 million followers or something. It's, it's turned into a massive success. Um, and like the whole reason was just, he just wanted to highlight the people of the city of New York and tell their stories. Cause he didn't think they were being told. So, um, has was humans of new york a an inspiration to humans of magic at all oh 100 percent. i totally ripped off the <laughs> the name um <laughs> i was a big fan of humans in new york i i, I still read it from from time to time mm-hmm. i think what he did was wonderful right 
And I mm-hmm. wanted to try and take that, that kind of spirit or mindset into my own project. Uh, funny story, when I started Humans of Magic, I, I didn't think I would get an answer at all, and I didn't. But I actually emailed Brent Stanton to be like, hey, I'm going to start a new podcast called Humans of Magic. Is it okay? Um, I, I guess he's a very busy guy where he gets a million emails a day. He never yeah. got back to me. But yeah. I, I was kind of nice about it too. I was like, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't infringing on something. And guess sure. I, I guess I wasn't. I mean, I'm not, I'm not that big. So it's like hopefully that's been, right. that's been okay. But, but definitely Humans in New York was uh, an influence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's been... That is definitely something I want to do more is more man on the street type of interactions. Mm -hmm. I've thought about whether I could do that. It's a little bit difficult, right? Because one, I'm in China. And two, like the last couple of years, even if I was not in China, it would have been a little harder to do all that if I were even in North America with COVID and things like that. Mm -hmm. But um, there was just something recently that reawakened it in me because um, I was in California. I was in L.A., in January for, for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And I actually got to just hang out face to face with some of the the creators whom I interviewed for humans of magic. Mm-hmm. And we had such a great time. Like for example, I had, I had, um, uh, I was hanging out with Joe Johnson in LA mm-hmm. and uh, black needle. And, mm-hmm. uh, and we ended up just like walking around, uh, you know, his favorite, his favorite part of the town, uh, favorite part of the city and just having like a three, four hour conversation. And I was just thinking to myself, man, wouldn't it be great if like that was actually caught on camera or it was like actually recorded? Mm-hmm. Almost like, um, you know, that show like uh, the Seinfeld one, uh, comedians in cars getting coffee, but like yeah. way more low budget with, yeah. without the cars and maybe just with the coffee. Um, I, I would love to do something like that. You yeah. know, that would be truer to like the humans of New York ethos for sure. Right. right. Yeah. Do you uh, do you do phot- any sort of photography at all? Because, uh, because again, like humans, again, for those that don't know, humans of New York, real from my understanding, I'm pretty sure it started as a photography project. <clears throat> but I was yes. just curious if if um, if you do any sort of photography. I don't. So that's probably a gap I need to ad- address. This probably explains also my my terrible setup. <laughs> I don't have a nice camera. I really need to get something here. I mean, uh, you know. Um, yeah, I got to figure that out because like, I think having a, a, what do you call that, like a cinematographer or like a, mm-hmm. a person, like either photographer or cinematographer, uh, either photographer or camera person to to help with some of that stuff would be uh, would be absolutely huge. Yeah. And the, the, the awesome thing about like this just tech technology, excuse me, in the year that we live, it's just it's so it's so easy for anybody to, to like learn a new skill, like even with photography or video. Um, and I always, I always recommend everybody just start and then you're going to learn. Cause I'm sure by now you've probably learned a lot about editing, like, uh, audio. And then even, even a little bit about cameras too, from all the time that you've just been doing these interviews. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> definitely better than where I was uh, a year ago, yeah. but I still have a long ways to go. So sure. here's, here's the secret. Like I still am a terrible editor. I still use iMovie, right? Like I still have very, a very bare bones kind of setup, but uh-huh. um, yeah, I, I need to find time to, to, to upgrade my, my, my skill set for sure. But I, I guess where I'm at right now is that I'm just thinking, well, actually, I, I you guys might be able to tell me the best way, but mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just thinking like, Okay, I have limited time to do a show. 
So what are the things I need to maximize my time on? Like 80-20 rule, right? Like what are the what's the 80% uh, 20% of the thing that will give me 80% of the results? And I think as long as audio quality is not terrible because it's 2023 and no one's going to listen to a podcast if the audio is terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just facts. Mm-hmm. Um, but 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 like some of the other things like, you know, video on my side is not amazing or, um, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not using the, the latest and greatest editing techniques. I don't have a, a, a super high fidelity setup. I, those mm-hmm. are things that I'm going to slowly upgrade over time. But mm-hmm. I just don't think it should get in the way of actually just releasing something literally every right. week. Because Correct. if I focus too much on uh, the upgrades or like the, 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 the technical stuff, then I get too lost in that without actually trying to improve or, or focusing my energy as to improve as an interviewer and, and improving the content itself. Mm-hmm. Um, now, having said that, I could be wrong because I think maybe what I'm saying about audio quality should also apply to everything else because it is also the year 2023 and maybe people have expectations for how the other things should be. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm a little conflicted on that. And um, you know how it is. There's all these yep. things that you could get better on. Like you can get yep. better at thumbnails, you can get better yep. at editing. And yep. you know, I'm I'm not great at any of them, but I but because of the nature of the profession, profession is like you have to be a generalist. So it's kind of hard to figure out like where where do I try to level up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing that that I've learned and I'm continuing to learn, um, but when I started doing content, and this was years ago, even on actually doing Magic the Gathering Arena content, <clears throat> one thing that has stuck with me is just get 1% better. Like every every new thing that you do, just get 1% better, right? Don't focus, don't don't try to reinvent, don't try to do something a whole lot better. Just do one thing even a little bit better. And and that honestly continues to serve me because instead of and and we'll actually talk about this because um, in one of your book recommendations, I was very interested um, in one of the things that you said. But if you just get too stuck in the rut of doing the same thing over and over, even if it's at a high quality, right? I don't think you're going to continue. I don't think you'll grow, right? Even if what you're doing, because I think at the end of the day, yes, we all want to put out quality content, right? But we also want to grow and get, get bigger. And that's just a human, I don't want to say need, but like that's part of one of the reasons I think a lot of people are doing content, right, is to get more people to listen or watch their stuff. And I think the way you do that by growing is you grow yourself, right? And so by doing that, just get 1% better in a little thing. I mean, I've learned so much even just by, hey, in this time for this podcast, I'm going to research something new, just even one technique that, okay, and, th- and it took me like a minute. And then, hey, I learned a new skill. Awesome. Perfect. And so the next time I learn something else new. Um, and like I've I've gotten a lot better just by doing 1% better in this and whatever the next piece of content is. Um, and I like I tell that to everybody. And I think and I think that too. I, I learned that from Sean Cannell. He's a he's he's a he's a he's an influencer um, in, in the space. But I think part one is just get out there and do it kind of like you talked about. But then the next step is how do you get better? Just get that little bit better every single time. And then you do that, you know, you start from you start from way down here. And then by over time, you're just getting a little bit better. You know, you'll be surprised at how how far you can go in even a short amount of time. Um, you know, and, so like and with going audio, of, uh, go ahead, Jim. Like, going off of what you said earlier, James, of, you know, 
you know, if you if you just did your magic content, right, you could be higher up in terms of viewers, subs, whatever it is. But you're taking this more slow route climbing because this is like exactly what you're looking to do and build it as. So you're already going for the long game. Right. Mm -hmm. So this just over time, slowly getting better and better, like you're going to be compounding like crazy of all right, not only am I doing the podcast how I want to, I'm now also just slowly getting better over time. And that you could even grow even further than what nothing but magic content could could have you at potentially. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah. yeah, definitely don't be in a rush of, oh, what's the one thing I have to concentrate on? Because also, like you were saying, you have to be pretty generalist in, in all of it. You have to know it all, but you don't have to know it all today. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I'm totally taking that to heart. Um, and just, just having, just, just having the awareness that things compound over time is, is super key. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not just content, but it's investing it's life. It's, it's, it's yep. yeah. Life in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll, I'll be honest, like I, I have, I have anxiety or I have my doubts about <laughs> what I'm doing as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Because, um, it, I, I don't think, for me doing traditional magic content is that sustainable. Like I would probably lose interest over time compared to what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, I, there is a part of me that's wondering like how, like what's the audience for this, right? Mm -hmm. Like I I think it's crazy. That's why I think, that's why I say you guys have a good, have a good uh, thing going on because you're able to balance these kind of conversations with the more like the gameplay aspects of it. And um, I, I think, I think uh, Dan, you're right. It's not a human need, but it is a human want, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. I'm, I'm always thinking like, if I'm doing it, I might as well try to get more mass appeal. And then mm-hmm. that gets kind of tricky, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, you, you know what I mean? Like exactly. there's, there's always yep. this sort of, sure. this sort of tension. Yeah. 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 And, 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 and it's interesting, like, again, this is, this is one of the reasons why I love having these conversations with a fellow content creator, right? Because we get to have these conversations about, Hey, we're both doing something similar. Hey, here's like this, this part of the conversation is we don't have a lot of these conversations on, on the podcast a lot. And like, audience apologies if they're like this isn't what i'm here for but this like oh this- no this definitely not what they're here for not what they're here for <laughs> like it's it's like i i i, I can tell you that because like every time i try to go meta on humans of magic and try to have these conversations that i really enjoy we go into a super raffle about mm-hmm. the nature of content and social sure. media and uh you know etc uh those are my 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 least popular episodes by a mile so i have to ask myself like if it's if it's just me and the guest and maybe three people that enjoy it, is it, uh, you know, if a tree fell in the forest, is it still if it is it still worth it to uh-huh. do? And I have and that that's part of my that's part of my self doubt, right? It's like right. I'm having a great time talking to you guys about this, and I can sense that you guys love talking about it too. But where's the mass appeal, right? This mm-hmm. is this is kind of like the the example in a microcosm. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I I want to I want to take this opportunity to kind of give give you kind of a little bit behind the curtain and, and as to why we are here and what we are doing and our goal and our purpose. Because in my in my view and and Jim, I I know Jim's right here as well. Okay, have you ever read the book of um, Find Your Why by Simon Sinek? 
I have heard his tech talk, TED talk. Okay. Uh, I have not read the book, but I assume that the book is based on the the main concepts in the talk, right? Yeah. Dude's yeah. great. It's, Dude is it's, it, it's fantastic. I, I highly recommend it. Um, and I that, that this is a book I recommend to pretty much anybody in content, tech, uh, any sort of leadership position. Um, it's, it's applicable to so many different aspects of our lives. Um, and so I would – uh, I I would highly recommend picking it up, give, giving it a read. Um, but essentially, like, like you talked about, right? Um, listen to his TED talk. If I think it's very important to keep your why at the forefront of everything you're doing, okay? And then in doing that, that is like Jim talked about. That is playing the long game, right? That is. That have that as your backing for every choice that you make. You're not making these choices based off of, all right, this is going to gain me, this is going to gain me more money in the short term. But as long as you have that backing, everything that you're do, everything that you're doing, then you're going to find a, you're going to find more long term success and the success that you are specifically looking for, right? Because at the end of the day, it's about we want to be fulfilled, right, and we want to help others in that fulfillment, find that fulfillment through what we're doing as well, right? And so for us, the whole reason we started doing Hobbies and Happiness, okay, was um, we came together, we met at our local, at our LGS. That LGS closed in 2020, okay? Not uh, during COVID, it was, but however, it did, it, it closed not because of COVID, but that was just an opportunity for them to close because the owner was looking to get out. Jim actually worked there. So after about a year, Jim, it was about a year, right? Yeah. Give or take a little bit less than a year. Okay. So I called Jim up and said, we got to do something because the community that was formed that we were a part of at that store was huge for the both of us and for that community there. And there are other local game stores in our area where we could not find communities like the ones that we had at grapple games. And I know for a lot of people there, they were just very disheartened that that store closed. So we were like, we have got to do something. We have to keep this community going. And more so from the, more so not just let's take the community and go to another store. That wasn't it because those stores were not helping foster and grow that community that we helped. Um, I don't want to say create, but at least sustain while we were there. So that's why we came together. Oh, we, and we, we definitely created that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, oh, I'm, I, I'm, I I'm removing myself. So I remember how the store was before like that community really started to uh, come into play. And I heard stories from before I was even really a part of being in, in the community there. And it it was pretty much a 180 degree turn. It was yeah. it was a lot of toxicity, a lot of bad people there uh, it, 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 it's was a, just, it was a lot of the negatives that you hear in in, was a, in lot a lot of, of gaming communities yeah and um i i have a bunch of people that would 100 percent back me up on those statements yeah. of it wasn't a great place to be mm-hmm. and now i don't want to say right like <laughs> when they hired a specific person it really started oh. to change or maybe like when that specific person was you know uh, putting himself at that store like five days a week, um, you know, probably me. I don't know exactly. 
the store tar- started to t- uh, make a shift and uh, started to flourish in the community aspect. But I'm not going to point any fingers. I'll just say he's got two thumbs and wearing a gray shirt. Is this okay? Is this guy <laughs> now? But that was that was still before me. So like yeah. I I didn't have much hand in in making that community yeah. good. Like that was a lot of gym, right? And so when it closed, like so a lot of people just took it took it hard, right? And then I saw what like gym start started building and like we continued to foster it. And it was good. We had a lot of great conversations. Um I rem- I remember multiple conversations that I've had with other people, like politics, religion, the stuff that you don't talk about, the stuff that's taboo, like where I disagreed, but we had really good conversations and it helped my relationships with those people get so much deeper. And like, I learned more about them. And like, there was just, just this sense of openness and real community that we had there. And so when that store closed, we're like, dude, we've got to keep, we got to do this. And so the reason we started was we wanted to open up our own LGS. And so I thought, okay, well, we don't have the money to where we can just open an LGS right now. So what do we do? So we started a podcast and then we started a YouTube channel. So like, okay, well, let's start making content and then let's start, you know, hope like trying to raise money. And then hopefully one day we can open up our own LGS in our community where we can continue and grow what was started at Grapple Games. So that was our why. And everything that we're doing, we keep that at the forefront. We keep that reminder, uh, and that helps um, influence each of our decisions for what we do at Hobbies and Happiness. And so, like, for us, that's our why. And so, like, any... I, I And that's why I like the Simon's book, find your why, because I think that's just applicable to, to kind of everything. Right. So that, that's our why. (laughs) Thanks for sharing that. That's, that's awesome. Um, I, I, I think that is so, that's such a good reminder. I feel like everyone intuitively understands you need to know why you're doing things, Mm -hmm. but it's so easy in life to just, um, sleepwalk through it. Yep. So I, I love that you guys have that intentionality, about it. And the other thing, I, I just want to say one other thing as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I know it's not popular to talk about, you know, spirituality or like religion or like church and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I think it is important to have a, like a spiritual reason to do things. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like I do have a vibe that um, there's something that you guys are trying to, to achieve there as well. Or, or maybe just Dan. I don't know. Like, uh, you know, like I, I feel like there's there like that is really important too. Is like because because I feel like in twenty twenty in the twenty first century, like it's not the church anymore, but it's community. So mm-hmm. you know, we can all have fun or gather around like certain hobbies and things, and that's mm-hmm. really important for human connection and bonding. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that being a part of the why is absolutely huge right Mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not the person on the the pulpit saying like yeah you should go to you should be more spiritual and things like that but it's like i also think it's kind of just hard uh these days for um all right there's gonna be a huge stereotype here but i think it's hard (laughs) for men to like connect over things other than just like watch sports and drink beer and like if there's any way that people can connect through other things and have good conversations and have fun playing games and things like that 
I think that's a, that's a huge net positive. So it's mm -hmm. like, I, I feel like what you guys are doing is important for your uh, community. And I hope you can keep it up and keep up the, the why as it were. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and kind of, kind of continuing this a little bit, like for me personally, I mean, I'm a Christian when we, <laughs> we actually host in my house, we have our, our small group at our church, we host it. So every Tuesday night, uh, Jim's been here, we have everybody down in our basement and, you know, we're, we're, we meet for like an hour and a half, sometimes two hours, just hanging out and, you know, conti continuing to learn from, from the scriptures. And since we started going to that, to that church, it's just been, I know for my family, it's been, it's been phenomenal. I mean, I've, Jim has been to church with me quite a few times and like my faith is not something that I shy away from. It definitely informs everything that I do. Um, mm -hmm. But again, it, it really, what I, as I get older, I really continue, I learn more and more, and it continues to reinforce the idea that all of life, as we go through life, everything is about relationships and fostering and developing and nurturing good relationships. And regardless of what it is, like it doesn't even matter what the topic is, like even, even in tabletop gaming, it's all about relationships. And whether or not you agree, disagree with somebody, that doesn't matter, right? It really doesn't because it's you, you want to nurture that relationship. Um, and so, like again, like you, like you said, it's it's just finding that why, and that just it 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 it, it influences pretty much all the decisions that I make. Um, and like I said, just continuing to find that why. But I'm gonna stop because I keep going and going. Jim, Jim, jump in. Come on. <laughs> oh right, yeah. So. I think going off of when you were talking about how a lot of guys have it difficult trying to like find groups of people other than drinking beer and watching football. Um, <laughs> I, I do think it's gotten a lot easier. And like as soon as you brought it up, I instantly thought of um, older generations. Um, mm. But now it's like the, the people that are growing up and roughly my generation, some a little bit older than me. You know, um, having online video games or mm. which I guess pretty much gaming community, Internet stuff um, has really brought people more connected. And, mm -hmm. you know, just going off of the football and beer as more of an older thing that's slowly <laughs> getting erased as a stereotype um, right. and uh, and going more into the future. It's not much of an issue. Yeah, that that is super true. Yeah, mm -hmm. that that is um, internet brings yeah, everyone I mean, together. There's more and more ways to, but to, it also separates to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. James, um, you know, since since we're talking about this whole connection thing, I was read I was reading through kind of your blog and your website, and then you've got this one post in particular which you, which you talked a lot about Twitter. I think this was like June of last year, right? Um, Twitter, <laughs> Twitter has been known for being a dumpster fire it's it's been it's been cesspool coined. i call it yes <laughs> yeah it's cesspool um one of the things that you say in here is like twitter twitter's a waste of time twitter's not real but one thing that you say in there <laughs> is tw <I> yes <laughs> it's one of my favorite sayings i love telling that to people twitter's not real <laughs> yeah but james one thing you say is you said there's nothing wrong with twitter there's everything wrong with how we use twitter and then you go on to basically talk all about connection and meet and using Twitter to develop meaningful connections. And one of the things you say in there, and I can attest that that James actually does this. 
Okay. But when you get a new follower, you DM them, tell them a little bit about yourself and start like start having an actual connection and conversation with them. So I was wondering if you could kind of talk a little bit about kind of your philosophy with Twitter and kind of what you kind of what you see there. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. So it's really not about Twitter, but more about social platforms in general. Sure. Like I've had a lot of learnings over the years, especially recent years, where I kind of realized that the nature of online conversation is just that people don't really want to be fully honest in a public space. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually think podcasts are kind of an exception, which is also why I love doing podcasts, because I feel like people are actually as close to their honest selves, uh, you know, one hour into a conversation as they can be, right? Mm-hmm. But I just think like in terms of typing something on Twitter or Facebook or whatever it is, I, I think it's, there's such a divide between what you say out in public when you know other people are going to read it or react to it versus what you say in private, which is why I love DMs and Twitter because yeah. I feel like that's where I actually get the most meaningful feedback. Like yeah. no one ever like, very rarely do people tweet like an open thing that says, you know, I love humans of magic or I hate humans of magic, but I want those constructive pieces of feedback. And Mm -hmm. so the way I get it is I, I message people privately in DMS and I just say, Hey, you know, I'm doing this thing. Thanks for following me. Uh, I love to get your feedback on it. Uh, And I get the best feedback that way because people, uh, whether they're not comfortable or they're not public or whatever, they don't want to say these things out in public. But when you, a lot of the time, it's it's just my philosophy. Like, if you just ask, sometimes like people will take the time to to tell you. Mm-hmm. And, and when I say the learnings I had over the past couple of years, it's it's kind of developing this philosophy, if you will. But also the fact that, um, also the fact that, just recognizing that people don't want to admit that they're wrong ever in the nature of the internet. Like, I don't think in the history of the internet, anyone has ever said like, yeah, you've changed my mind. Uh, You know, I admit now that I was wrong because, you know, I had this take an hour ago and now I read all the evidence and now I'm totally not Crowder. I I willingly admit that I was, I, James was wrong. Um, That just doesn't happen. So it's like you, it's just, it's just, social platforms feed our impulses in the best and worst ways. So we have to, Mm. we have to, Think of these things as tools and not just be like resigned to like, oh, you know, I hate Twitter. I, I I don't ever want to use it. I think there's ways to use it, especially as a creator that can help you achieve your goals and your why. But you just have to be more intentional with it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually I had an interaction on Twitter a few years back <clears throat> with a with, with a creator um, and, you know, it, it it's turned into where, you know, Twitter, everybody posts about everything, which, you know, more power to you, right? But um, I I was having a conversation, and I can't remember exactly what we were talking about. But um, I had said something basically basically that I disagreed um, with whatever the topic was. I got blocked because I said I disagreed. I can't even remember exactly what I said. But for me, whenever I have conversations on the internet, um, I stay away from like being outraged. I tend, I am very careful with my words because again, I want to, in text, texting is so difficult because you can't, you can convey very little. All you read are words and those words can be interpreted. There's no inflection. There's, there's no voice, right? So if you said stuff, 
even just two words, right? I could read into that and take it some a completely different way than it was intended. So whenever I'm having any sort of conversation on on any social media platform, which is why I try to have those less and as as less as I can because they're typically not productive, right? Yeah. That now I've learned. <laughs> I was very careful with my words, got got blocked, but then I DM'd this person and start tried to convey here's what my point was and here was where you know where I was coming from. Ended up they ended up unblocking me and then saying, I'm gonna unblock here and here's why I think they're wrong, which is fine. Like like I like having the conversation, but it's you gotta be intentional and it's just texting, having any sort of text conversation in public is very different than having those private conversations from from what I from what I've seen and it tends to be those private conversations are just much more um, fruitful for lack of a better word um, like to help really helps develop that connection kind of a little bit more um, I mean it seems like that's kind of would you agree with that yeah I I, I mean I, I I largely agree and even in like small Facebook group chats I have with friends I'm a lot more careful these days like just because I ran into this stuff a few years back too it's just like you know, I have what I think are like fairly well-educated friends and people around me. And um, a lot of the conversations still devolve into, you know, places that I don't want it to go, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like even 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 if it's a small group chat with like five or ten people. And mm -hmm. and then I just kind of realized, you know, I think I think it's just so difficult. And I think having this is kind of a side agenda of humans of magic, because like I'll have people I've I brought on people on the show that you know, they, they might tweet something that catches my eye and I'm kind of wondering what's the, what's going on and things like that. And I just want to develop these fuller length conversations, right? Because it's not mm -hmm. just for other people, it's for me as well. Like, mm -hmm. um, you know, I guess we can talk about that in a bit if, when we talk about maybe like bucket list or future guests, but it's like, I, I just feel like, I just feel like, again, I feel like there's so much more to people than just like, the fact that they play magic or the mm -hmm. fact that they tweeted something controversial or something nice or something not nice. Um, there's always something going on beyond that. And I always mm -hmm. want to get to, to their why basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the things that I, I always try to do whenever I'm having any sort of conversation with somebody or even like a debate or an argument is to understand the other person, understand their position. And I'll tell you, this happens a lot with my wife. Okay. I've learned in my marriage <clears throat> that yes, I can have a certain viewpoint. Um, I can have a position. I can have the way that I'm feeling. Okay. But I, it's very important to my wife and to me that, um, that my wife knows that I love her, right. To un that she knows that I understand her. And so I have to get outside of myself. I really have to take myself outside of me and forget how I feel, forget how I am being, I am being treated in a situation. And that's hard. That's difficult as human beings. Right. Mm -hmm. But once I really, once I really figured out and learned that, no, honey, this is not the way that you're taking that. That's not how I'm intended. That's not how I'm intending you to take it really doesn't matter. Like it matters to an extent. Right. But mm -hmm. like, if I love my wife and like, I want to understand her, I want, I need to understand how, what I am doing does affect her. That's so, that's yes. hard. That's difficult as human beings. Right. But I'm learning that. And then I'm like, well, this really does apply to 
really all relationships. And that's understanding all these people around me. Right. And so right. once I've really learned that and just being like, okay, let's let me let me think for a second outside of myself. Let me put myself in your shoes and then just try mm -hmm. to understand how you're feeling in a situation or just kind of get a better sense of you really helps. And I, I try to tell that to everybody, but it is hard. It is hard to do, 100%. Um, oh, 200% what you just yeah. said. Like, I, I, I have those challenges with my relationship, with my marriage, and with my family. And uh, I'll be honest. I think the fact that I got a little bit better, I'm not saying I'm a pro at it and nobody is. I, yeah. I, I'm certainly not. 1% every day. The fact that I got a little bit better, just get 1% better, right? Um, that has helped me in Humans of Magic. Like yeah. just being like a better yeah. human being in actual everyday life, like yeah. away from this recording, right? That yeah. has helped a lot. Mm -hmm. And and there's also something I've I've really started to develop because I, I've always prided myself on having good self-awareness, but there's a difference between good internal self-awareness and external self-awareness, right? Mm -hmm. So internal self-awareness is like, I know why I'm thinking these things or I know myself, but it's just as important to know how other people perceive you just yeah. as much as how you perceive yourself. So like I can rationalize all the things in the world about to my wife about, uh, you know, I did this because like, this is my intention, but if she still doesn't feel great about whatever it is, then ultimately all the internal self-awareness I have about myself and my rationalizations, they don't really matter. Right. Cause that's mm -hmm. what communication is. It's about making someone else like feel, um, feel feel the proper way and if mm -hmm. if you haven't done that it doesn't matter how smart you are like you have you could be the smartest person in the world but you could still fail on that front so mm -hmm. i agree with you 200 percent on that mm -hmm. i i have a story to add here so recently uh, i grouped up with my family my brother sister my dad and we started playing this game where it was it's called stir the pot and these cards have different subjects on it it could be like Oh, who's the most likely to go viral online or um, this this one very key card? It was who is the least self-aware? And uh, my dad was the judge and he was the one giving out the card. I, I think it was him. I don't remember exactly. Um, but his vote was he said he would give me the card. And to me, I'm like you have to be kidding me. I'm like, I know my siblings. I know myself. Um, and so I, I just like kind of, I, I took it to heart, right? It's not like I was mad at the moment. I was just right. confused. I'm like, why does he think this? And later that night, I was talking to my sister. We, we stood in the kitchen for about an hour and we were just, I was just talking about it. And, I, you know, it came to the conclusion that, yeah, like you were saying, that internal self-awareness and versus like what other people perceive you as. And it was, I'm not, I came to the conclusion that I just wasn't having this one-on-one -on -one time with my family. They don't really know me as a person. I tend to keep to myself and this, uh, no matter how much thinking I can do about myself and the world around me, um, that's not what I'm showing people. And I then later had the conversation with my dad and he was like super happy that I even said anything. <laughs> so it's the, the fact that all of this is just coming together is, uh, is kind of nuts to me. So, 
Yeah. And isn't it isn't it crazy, Jim, that that all came out because you guys are playing a game? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's a perfect story. Like, hundred percent. That's a perfect story, right? With like tabletop and why, like, a big part of why we're doing what we're doing is the relationships, right? Developing and nurturing those relationships around a table. It's, it's kind of crazy, really. So, um, now James, I'm, I'm really curious here. Okay. Um, uh, uh, sidebar, Personally, I love how the, how we're like an hour into this and we kind of went through that. Like that's just that's to me, this is the the most different type of conversation we've ever had on on our podcast, and it's like just it's awesome. I I want to I want to throw something before you continue. Okay, yeah, semi recently, yeah. I was talking to Dan. And I brought up how, you know, we've been doing a lot about the talking about hobbies, what makes us happy. And I brought up the idea. I'm like, okay, but what if we tapped more into the mental health part of it? Like what makes you happy? Like what could make you more happy in life? Steps that you can take in in life and and talking about certain things or maybe it's physical aspects you can change in your life and the fact that we're in this conversation right now and we're talking about things that you can change in your life it's it's the happiness side of the hobbies and happiness to where we were all pretty much on the one side and so now that again i throw this out into the universe two (laughs) weeks ago last week whatever it was and 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 of course the guy with the same name as me right (laughs) same name (laughs) of course it happens now Yeah, it, and it's 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 the universe coming together. And uh, I interviewed uh, a Jimmy yesterday, um, and nice. uh, we were talking about some similar things too. So I think it's wow. just uh, it's been circulating in my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's really cool. Um, I'm just I, I'm just I, I love James. Like how you've had all these conversations with people for us who who have meant who have meant a lot to us in the particularly in the magic space who we look up to right you know i i watched that episode that you did with Josh Lee Kwai um like jimmy and josh both have just been for us huge inspirations for for our content and kind of what we aspire to um there's just been so many i'm just like man i would love to I would love to talk to all these people. And this is like this year we've we've been able to start having these conversations, right? And like it's just it's so awesome for me. Like with you, now with with we talked with Jake Boss. We've talked with a lot of people and we're like we're not we're not stopping because we just Oh, I love the Jake Boss episode by the way. Uh, yeah. Great. But I, I did want to ask. I, I'm I'm really curious in all the conversations that you've had, right? You know, we talk about magic being a catalyst, right? Has there been an overarching theme um, with everyone that you talk to um, as to like why maybe a lot of them got into magic or maybe what keeps them into magic, right? Because again, we're all we're all playing this game, right? I'm kind of curious. I'm very curious as to I know why I started playing. I know why Jim started playing, but I'm really curious if like if that's kind of a universal thing or if everybody I'm my assumption is everybody's story is different, but I'm kind of curious if there's like a common thread that maybe you've noticed in talking to all these different people. Yeah, I, I there isn't one, but there's just a, a couple key ones, right? I think one of them is just 
being exposed to magic at such a, a young age because of just influences around them. And they've just, it's just become part of their identity for better or worse. So we definitely explore some of those uh, in the conversations as well is, you know, is it, you know, basically I like to call that the opportunity cost of magic, right? Because what does it mean when you get too into something and it, it it's a part of your life identity? What does it actually mean? Is it healthy, unhealthy? Are you channeling in certain ways? So that that's definitely one category. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other category is just, it's interesting because I used to ask people a lot more about like, tell me your magic origin story and uh, why you got into it. But I think it was this year or recently that I, I started shifting away from that. Part of that is like wanting to challenge, my, challenge myself to do di- something differently. But also it's just like, um, I think it was the pregame conversation I had with Josh Lee Quiet. He's just like, he's like, James, you could ask me anything, but don't ask me about how I got into magic. That's such a boring story and nobody wants to hear it. <laughs> and so I kind of, I kind of took that to heart because I, now I'm trying to do it the hard way where it's like, if people, if the guests want to talk about their formative years with magic, I'll let them do it for sure. But mm-hmm. it never, I never try to start from that because I, 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 I want to focus more on where they are at now, right? Which is why I love the fact that some of my recent episodes, we don't talk about magic at all because, um, and if magic kind of goes in there organically, which it has in a lot of the conversations where people are comparing magic to another discipline, mm-hmm. like that's my sweet spot. That's what I'm happy with. It's not so much like, it's almost like, it sounds so terrible to say we're so like um, highbrow, but like I want to transcend like the magic origin story because <laughs> I've been doing that for four or five years. And, mm-hmm. and I just want to talk more about where they're at now and how magic is a part of their daily life. Uh, and, and they're changing relationship with magic because a lot of people's relationships with magic changed during, especially during COVID. And that was something that I, I explored as well. Like, for example, um, one episode that I was very happy with was, um, I think it was episode 100, where I did the um, uh, catching up with Jerry T, Jerry Thompson. And, you know, just talking about what magic means now. And he was very honest about like what magic means for him now, right? Now that he's not a, a so-called pro, he's he's playing like Marvel Snap all the time. And, uh, you know, like, where's he at right now? So mm-hmm. I, I think those conversations are a lot more interesting than like, oh, how did you get into magic? I, I think people, it's kind of like saying, it's kind of like asking people in the magic community, like, um, when did you learn to ride your, when did you learn to ride a bike? Like everybody does it. So right. at some point right. it kind of loses its appeal because uh, that's just the world we're in. So. Right, mm-hmm. right. It, <clears throat> yeah, it, it's interesting you say that because um, as I was prepping for this interview and as I prep for other interviews, I, you know, I figure out kind of what we want, what I want to talk about, how I want the conversations to go. And like, I normally start with, tell us a little bit about yourself. And I, I'm pretty sure I started this interview that way, but I'm like, man, I got to stop doing that. There's got to be like, it's just like, it's, that's such a boilerplate question. And Dan took that personally. No, no, but, but you <laughs> know what, you know what, I I, I, I'm I not agree. trying to trash talk like this method or what I was asked earlier. Like that's not my intent at all. So no, no, don't, sure. please don't take what I'm no, saying no, no. by the wrong way. No, like. I think right, I also really strongly believe that <laughs> <laughs> I also strongly believe that to uh, to deviate from the norm, you first have to master the norm, yes. right? Like right. I've been doing this thing where I ask people f- like this for four to five years. I assume you guys have not been doing that for four to five years because you haven't been doing it that long. Right. Right. So it's okay to 
deviate from the script once you figure out what the base foundation is, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, that, that's just how I feel about it. Yeah, well, no, like again, didn't take it that way at all because I, I, I'm right there with you. Like, I kind of, I kind of agreed because as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, there was just something in me that was like. That's kind of a boring question. Why? Why? Because again, I'm asking myself why. Why am I asking that? And there are plenty of times where there's a there's actually a good reason why I'm asking that question, right? But I think like for me, like I really have to just sit down instead of just okay, let's check the boxes. We're gonna ask this, this, this. No, no, no. Because I I don't like to operate that like that. Excuse me. And I don't think anyone should. I think be intentional with what you want to talk about. It, just in anything, be intentional. There should be a reason why behind kind of why you're talking about a certain thing. And like that even applies to that question in particular, right? Um, and I'll give you a devil's advocate on that. Like yeah. it is actually sometimes good to to ask that if you feel that the guests need a little bit of warm up, right? Like, yeah. uh, some, like I've had guests that uh, honestly, I don't want to name any names, but it's like they, uh, you get a sense that they just want to talk about magic. So, um, if you want to, you can sometimes, that can sometimes be good if you want to feed into that or get them mm -hmm. to be more comfortable. I like to say that the, the conversation doesn't actually get good until like 40 minutes to an hour into it, because that's when people let their, their guard down. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sounds right. sinister, but, right. but, right. but, you know, like I, I feel more natural now than I did, you know, like when we first started today, right. which is why it's right. important to talk before you start recording. Yeah. Okay. Now I, I, I do want to ask and you, and you touched on this earlier, your bucket list. Do you, who's on your bucket list of people that you really want to talk to for humans of magic? This is kind of a cop-out answer, but I do feel like I've talked to almost everybody that I wanted to at least once. So okay. there is no unicorn. Uh, my goal now is to have just good conversations with people that can satisfy some of my curiosity about them or things around them. Um, I, I'm, yeah, so I, I don't really have like the person a person that I, I feel like I absolutely have to talk to because I also feel like, I mean, I mean, there's a name that people have, have, have thrown at me. Like, you know, can you get Post Malone? Can you talk to Post Malone? Can you talk to like celebrity X or whomever? Mm -hmm. But I don't know if those are necessarily the most interesting conversations because like when I talk to someone who's relatively more famous, I also have more pressure that I put on myself. Like for example, mm, when I yeah. recorded with, uh, Brian Kibler, I was like super nervous, like the first half hour, because I'm just thinking like, what can I ask Brian that like people have never, have never asked him before. Like right. to me, I just don't want to watch another interview where like, it's the same stuff. Right. This is right. also why I love doing what I do with humans and magic. Cause it's sort of like almost an unfair advantage where it's like, people don't ask, get asked this stuff uh, normally because they're just asked about magic. Um, so that's kind of the challenge is, um, I don't know if there's anybody on my bucket list anymore. And I'm open to having like repeat conversations. Uh, I've had a couple of those. Um, I don't, I don't know. Like uh, if you want to throw some names my way, maybe I'll try to see if I can talk to them, but I'm have always you, open to, have to you, recommendations. Garfield. I was going to say, have you ever talked to Richard Garfield? I have not. Okay. Yeah, that, I think that would be really interesting. Yeah. I, I, we, uh, we just had somebody else on, um, 
few weeks ago. Um, I Richard Garfield is somebody who's on like our bucket list. I don't know if it'll ever happen. Um, my like I, I I think he tends to, he likes to be kind of private, kind kind of likes to uh, he's more of a private person. Um, but like for us, he's definitely on our list. Like if we could ever have a conversation with him, like that'd be awesome for us. But that's like the one who've like I've. I, I think since we started, I think Jim, I think he was like the, we put him right on, yeah, right on our list. Like number one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to say, there's been like non-famous people with magic that mm-hmm. I, well, I shouldn't say non-famous people that are not usually so public that I want to talk to. Uh, for example, um, the CEO of Hasbro or the CEO of Wizards, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. I have done, like I, I work in corporate. So it's like, I really love having those conversations with Wizards employees about like how the how the sausage is made in the sausage factory. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the, um, the, the sort of like behind the scenes stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. But um, I don't know how much like, again, I don't know how much mass appeal there is to that. Like I wanted right. to interview... Uh, you know, the CEO of TCG player before the acquisition and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but it's also tough because they're not, you know, they're not allowed to say certain things. So it's right. like how, how open of a conversation or how, how unguarded of a conversation can you really have? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when we, when we talked to Jake boss at the beginning of the year, Jake was somebody who like we had just wanted to talk to for a while because like, again, as a creator, somebody who's been creating content, that was just, that was such a fun conversation. Uh, was Jim, that it was, it was a hundred percent wild. wild. It was so, great. it was so much fun, but I, I was, I, we, I've, I said, I said, we are so blessed and I was so stoked to have our year just start off on that note. Um, and like now we're, what are we? We just hit March. Yeah, we just hit mm-hmm. March. And like I'm I'm just continuing to look and just by each of these conversations, it's you know, like you talked about. It's like we're continuing to learn and continuing to grow. Um, um, but yeah, J- Jake was such a fun conversation for sure. <laughs> um, but I, I, I did I did have one other thing that I that we kind of want to touch on. We I talked earlier about I was going through your book list that you wrote about. Uh, last year, and there was one book on there. Uh, there's a lot of good books on there, right? Um, but one of them that I found, you talked about this book, Zen Mind: Beginner's Mind, Informal Talks on Zen Meditation and Practice. Um, so you talk. I'm just gonna read what I wrote wrote down here because it's easier. <laughs> You talk in your post about viewing life through different lenses, being raised Catholic, but no longer connected to the community. Um, I've talked about myself being a Christian, and so so this particularly piqued my interest a bit. But one thing you say here is content creators build up a portfolio, and that portfolio causes us to develop a confidence about ourselves. Confidence can lead to overinflation of ego. Whether we're recording our 100th podcast, starting our 10th business, or managing our 20th subordinate, it's human nature to believe in linear progression. But what But what if we can tear it all down and start over? What if we should? So how important do you think it is for content creators particularly to not become rigid with the craft of making things, as you put it? I think it's super important. And I also think that I still struggle a lot with this. Um, I when I when I talk about the the those those uh, concepts or beginner's mind, the idea that in the beginners in the beginner's mind there are 
there are many possibilities. In the expert's mind, there are a few. I'm just paraphrasing uh, what was in the book. So I think it's really important, the longer we do content or really anything in life, we have to be aware of that and be willing to challenge our sacred assumptions about how things should be done, because that's just the way it is. Um, and how I look at humans and magic is like, that's, that's why I've been talking about, like, should I go outside, uh, guests who play magic? Uh, should I, uh, do, um, more set reviews? Should I do, should I deviate from the script? Right. But it's just a, it's just a huge challenge because, um, when you see numbers go up on certain episodes, like the Reed Duke episode, I think, uh, that I did with Reed naturally my lizard brain is like, yeah, I need to do more of that. I need to pump out more <laughs> that thing, which seems to be working in my very small and limited domain. Um, so it's easier said than done, but I do believe in general, uh, you know, getting 1% better, uh, and getting 1% better every day means you have to challenge things that you've done. Um, one of the biggest breakthroughs, or I should say small breakthroughs for me last year was when my friend said that my YouTube thumbnails look terrible. And at first I was like very defensive and I gave you all the reasons that I, I think I said earlier, it's like, I have limited time and you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then I kind of looked at it and just be like, yeah, I think I do need to get 1% better. I need to like, think about how to, um, you know, maybe, maybe watch some stuff on how to do better thumbnails, like try mm -hmm. to try to improve my skills in Photoshop, take some courses, read a book. And I think that is just, it's just super important, right? Because you just mm -hmm. get stuck in a rut, like when you do things over and over again. Um, I, I want to ask, like, do you guys have that? How, do you guys feel that that challenge? Um, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, I, I'm at a point now where Jim and I actually just had a conversation a couple of weeks ago. Um, I do a lot of the editing, and <clears throat> I, there's a lot that I do, and I have a I have a tendency to, if something needs to be done, I just pick it up and do it. I, I'm bad at asking for help. I'm, I'm bad at saying, Hey, can you try and do this? And so for hobbies and happiness, it's hobbies and happiness is me and Jim. It's both of us. And so when I, one thing I'm like, all right, Jim, let's, I want to get you to do a little bit more here. Can you maybe do, do this? Right. But I'm at the point now, like with the podcast where I'm actually in the middle of editing an episode right now, I have a system set up, I go through it. And then I don't want to get in that, okay, I'm doing this every single time. Because if I do that, I fail. If I do that, we fail. I don't grow as an editor, as a creator, as anything. That's not how I grow. That's not how we grow. That is literally being stuck in a rut. Even if it's a rut that I like the outcome, right? I like how it looks. I like how it sounds. It's still that same rut. So I have to approach everything that I do, every piece of content with, okay, what am I going to do here? Like I, ha I have to go beforehand of, all right, I know my process, but what can I do maybe a little bit different or something that like the thumbnail, like let's try and design something different. And it's so different. Like for me being very analytical, Okay. We, we talked to Justin Gary a couple of weeks ago. I love that conversation because he's hundred percent of the mindset of anybody can be creative. And for me, like my day job is I'm an engineer. I'm very analytical. Being creative was like so foreign to me. I'm like, I, I can't do that, but that's like, I, you can, it's, you just have to, I have to bring that mentality to like, 
um, my analytical side and then also then apply that to being creative. So it's it. I think ultimately for me, it just boiled down to I just have to make the choice of, okay, like it's easy to be it's easy to be stuck in that rut and do the same thing over and over. Um, so to answer your question, hundred percent, I struggle with it all the time. It's just I ha I gotta I gotta be present and I have to make that choice of all right, I'm gonna do it because when I make that choice, so many good things come out of it. When I made that choice, I'm so happy with there's an evolution in design. There is it's opened my eyes to new ways of like the thumbnail or. It's good things always happen, but if I'm just stuck of, no, we're just going to check off the box, that's when bad things, I'll say bad things, but it's just the same thing continues to happen. So, mm-hmm. yeah, 100%. You guys have good thumbnails, by the way, so oh, you, I pre- you guys thank are you. way ahead of me on that. <laughs> and that's, yeah. that, that's another thing where I'm like, all right, I got to do something different. I got to evolve. I got to get better. We were talking with, we're in the middle. Um, by the time this airs, I don't know if this will be done yet, but we're in the middle of do, going through a brand redesign. Um, working working with somebody, and it's always great for me working with somebody who does design, like just to being able to talk to them, and then be like, you know, get their ideas, get their inputs. Um, but I'm like, I'm I have to be constantly in that mode of okay, I have to make sure I'm continually evolving um, in, in in this space. So um, yes, struggle with it all the time. You're James, you're not alone, <laughs> my friend. You're you're definitely not alone. <laughs> So, um, all right. Well, like uh, Jim, Jim, uh, Jim, goodness gracious. <laughs> this is the yes. first time I did the first time I did that this episode, Jim, James, <laughs> uh, Jim, this is another one of those conversations where I feel like we could just be here for like for, for a long time. But, uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately we have to move on. Uh, but before we do, there was a, we talked about that Twitter, that Twitter um, post that you that you put uh, one one of my favorite quotes of all time from from that you missed one hundred percent of the shots you don't take Wayne Gretzky Michael Scott <laughs> <laughs> just remember what that just remember that ladies and gentlemen so all right well we're we're gonna move on we're gonna move on to one of our favorite segments and that is card of the week. So this week, uh, James was so kind as to choose this week's card of the week for us. I'm very interested to hear about the card and uh, and the story behind this card. So James, can you uh, take it away for us and let us know what this week's card of the week is? My card of the week, sponsored by Hobbies and Happiness, is <laughs> Plague Sliver. Plague Sliver is a card that seems really strange. Like why is this, why why did James pick Plague Sliver? But it's really because when my brother and I started playing Magic in the 90s and we heard about uh, Juzam Jin in, uh, in Arabian Nights, it was, it was uh, at the time, it was incredible. It was a, it was a black, uh, it was, it was a black 5-5, five five, deals one damage to you during your upkeep for two black and two generic. And at the time, the card was super expensive, so neither of us could afford it. But I remember looking at Juzam Jin, um, in the display case of the LGS and being like, man, that looks like a sweet card. The flavor is on point. I'm a black mage. So it's like there's everything about like, you know, it does one damage to, to you, but I can do five damage to the opponent. It's huge. And uh, yeah, so that's always been a part of me in the uh, when I first started playing Magic. Uh, fast forward to 2008, coming back to Magic. Uh, the first set that I saw being Time Spiral, I was like, wow, there is a functional reprint of Juzam Jin now. It, it costs 25 cents and it's called 
uh, plague sliver. Uh, I mean, it's strictly worse because if you have two plague slivers in play, they each do two damage to you during your upkeep because it says all slivers gain uh, do one damage to you on your upkeep. Mm -hmm. But it's essentially a functional reprint of Juzan Jin. And so I quickly grabbed a playset of that off eBay for a dollar. And I was so happy playing uh, Plague Sliver in my casual games until I realized very quickly that it is not the powerhouse that it used to be in the 90s. Uh, hashtag power creep, hashtag Tarmogoyf, hashtag Magic the Gathering. And, but it's always stuck with me. Uh, so Plague Sliver is still my favorite card to this day because it's a reminder of the bridge between the 90s and 2000s magic mm. for me. Mm. And it's black. And it's just a reminder of a simpler time in Magic the Gathering when uh, a 5-5 five, five for 4 mana was actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what my favorite that. part about this card is? What? If you have Give All Slivers lifelink... It, this doesn't kill you. You hit yourself for one point of damage, yeah. heal for a point of damage. That's yeah. right. It's 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 yeah. a combo right there. Yep. Yeah. It's a combo. Infinite That's life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it, well, <laughs> well, it's funny though. When I looked at this card, I'm like, why did he choose Plague Sliver? So then I'm thinking, I'm like, all right, maybe because you know slivers are just I mean honestly you're just thinking like James wants to be a huge sliver guy which is kind of a boring <laughs> explanation honestly right Well no what actually what I thought was I wonder if he played in a in a play group where everybody loved to play slivers so they had a ton and of slivers then he out. dropped this card and then they killed themselves uh, with it yeah. <laughs> That's no, what I that's thought. the most likely explanation yeah. it, that that would have been right if someone else said play sliver for sure <laughs> I, yeah I mean I did love uh you know sweep effects I love damnation and like the all those kinds of things in my play group like we used to play multiplayer so yeah that that was definitely a consideration yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. well so so that is this week's card of the week first sliver first sliver um on uh on card of the week which i'm kind of glad it's this sliver and not that she didn't think that that was going to be the first sliver on hobbies and, ha hobbies and happiness. <laughs> Honestly, I'm sure people would be like, yeah, it should be like the queen sliver or the whatever, like the actual good slivers. Are. Honestly, I was, I was going to say that we didn't get any. That's what I was. <laughs> we didn't, we get any. didn't get any. <laughs> but you guys must have been really disappointed when when I said, this like, is I'm going to talk about plague sliver. You guys are just like, we got to get James off the show right now. <laughs> I was more of like, okay, I'm sure that there's some combos that you can do to be like, oh, turn all your opponent's stuff also into slivers or like give them your board and just like kill someone. Yeah. <laughs> Outright. But but I um I, I don't know if I said this on the show or if I said this offline, but um like again, my favorite thing about card of the week is not the card itself right um but it's really about that connection that our guests or even we have to a card so it's hearing that story hearing that connection that each person has to the card that's why i love doing this so um so so the fact that you've got that connection like even what you said like it bridges it bridges that gap for you it is awesome and i love i love hearing that from 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 our guests so so thank you for that james all right so that is this week's card of the week. Thanks again, James, for that. And James, can you uh, can you again let everybody know where they can find you and your content on the internet? Uh, I can be found at Humans of Magic. Uh, Humans of Magic on YouTube. Humans of Magic. It's one word, Humans of Magic on Twitter. Humans of Magic on Instagram. I use that as well. And you can also find where I 
I post all the episodes, all the all the platforms at humansofmagic.com. That's usually the best place to find me. Awesome, awesome. So again, everybody, be sure you check the links in the description and the show notes. We'll be sure to link all of James and his content for you there. So again, thank you so much, James. Um, a very different conversation, but honestly, um, this right here is the reason we do tabletop and we do things around a table. It's to develop and nurture these exact connections. So thank you so much for this conversation. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It was a it was an absolute pleasure. I told you we were not ready. Neither of us was ready for that. Nope. Jim was not ready. And and as Jim is talking in one of those things, I'm like, oh, my, this is really hitting Jim. <laughs> like, it's really hitting him, man. <laughs> yeah. And, like, we, talk, we talked a little bit after after the that call. <sighs> and, I, I mean, like, Jim's just recalling that memory. Yeah. And it's, like, it's it's crazy. It really is crazy because, you know, we, we talk about games, right? But and it's not about the games. It's not about the hobby, right? And it's – and Jim has said this uh, – I think you said you said this on even one of the first episodes, right? Mm. It's, it's about the journey, right? Mm-hmm. It's about the journey that we're going on, m- yep. meeting all these people and having these <laughs> conversations. Oh, well, yeah. It's been two years. Yeah. you <laughs> But you've said that multiple yeah, times, yeah, right? Yeah. And honestly, at the time, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of a throw. That's kind of like a cliche, which it kind of is. It like, can it, be. Yeah. It, yeah. It can be, yeah. and it kind of is. But after doing this for <laughs> – and again, we haven't really been doing this that long, mm-hmm. but we've met a lot of great people. And like that conversation in particular with James was just so great. Um, because it's we made a really good connection, mm-hmm. and we got to connect over multiple different facets, um, and it was just it was so great. I mean, James, James is just a, a great person to talk to. Um, but yeah, I, hopefully you guys enjoyed that conversation. Um, I, I know I know we did. Um, so, all right. Well, before we get out of here, Jim, where can people find you? On the internet. Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Jim Morgan HNH. You guys can find me on Instagram at Daniel.g.campbell, Twitter underscore DJ Campbell. Head over to our website, hobbiesandhappiness.com. You can find links to everything there. So again, head over to that website. We'll take you to pretty much anywhere you want to go in the hobbies and happiness ecosystem. So, all right. Well, hopefully you guys enjoyed that conversation. Um, we're honestly, I don't know how many conversations we're gonna have like that. Like, I don't know how many I can handle, <laughs> Dan. I don't know how many I can handle before I just break down. Okay. <laughs> so uh, again, hopefully you guys enjoyed that, and we'll we will catch you in the next episode. See everybody. Take care. Oh,